The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? All right. Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy, and I'm here with Jackie Ames from Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Jackie. Hey, Christy. So, <laughs> so glad to be talking to you. Yeah. This has been yeah. a long time in the making. Yeah. And we are uh, all set to talk about radiating connection. And Jackie practices so many different ways to achieve this type of connection. I think we're really going to have a good time here today because there's Mm. so much overlap, so much knowledge, so much healing that I think comes along with what, um, what Jackie does. So, so Jackie, we were talking about connection in terms of many things. So, well, let's just back up a little bit and just tell us like all of the different things that you do, all the things you offer. Yeah, um, so I guess I wear three hats total. Um, my my day jobs are rolfing and astrology. <laughs> rolfing and astrology. And I've been moonlighting as a constellation facilitator, which is um, something we'll get into in a lot more depth, uh, I think, and something that is just, um, I mean, obviously all of my practices are so rich and I feel really humbled and honored to do what I'm doing in my life. Yeah. Uh, but constellations is just—it's so cool. It's so which beautiful. is uh, which is interesting. Interestingly, not tied to astrology. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> That's something people are very frequently confused about. Although you can blend them, but it's definitely not the norm. Right, yeah. not the norm. Okay, no. so astrology—you've been doing that since two thousand three. Yeah. So yeah, what drew you to astro- astrology? Uh, Well, you know, in 2003, I was all of 22 years old. And like a lot of 22 year olds, I was uh, really trying to understand what the hell was going on in the world and and who I was and and just understand reality. And um, 
it was also a little bit, you could say, of a, of a karmic or faded connection. Um, sure, so the man who did my first astrology reading yeah. became a really important teacher for me. And I studied with him for about seven years. Right. Um, and he is a professor of um, the world's spiritual traditions and philosophy at, you know, at the university level. And he's kind enough to share his, um, his wisdom and his teaching outside of university as well. So um, I, I basically came into astrology um, because I was fascinated that this very, you know, kind of clean cut looking university professor was a professional astrologer, right? That's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of the um, real gifts that he gave me is, is um, he's someone that the culture just naturally takes seriously because of how he looks and how smart he is. Um, and he always took everyone around him seriously. And he took a lot of things seriously that the culture doesn't take seriously. Um, so anyway, so I had my first reading and I'm, you know, mind blown. And I just started studying. I just wanted to learn everything I could possibly learn. And so it um, set the stage for you to understand how we work as a multidimensional, you know, expanded being. Right? I think, yeah, I think in a sense, I'm kind of uh, secretly a skeptic. I'm both a mystic and a skeptic at the same time. And, and so astrology was this ongoing uh, reinforcement that something very different is going on than what we've been told, right? Um, so, so I couldn't stop taking that in and it kind of retraining my sense of reality in a way and, and feeding that mystical sense. That is so um, cool. Yeah, yeah. I never intended to become an astrologer. I just couldn't stop studying. <laughs> we have so much in common, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, then did you, after you really got your feet wet and started diving into astrology, is that when you started doing the rolfing stuff? Uh, yeah, rolfing. I actually, uh, I came to rolfing through massage. So you could say professionally, I was floundering a little bit. And um, I looked around me in this community that was studying the spiritual traditions of the world and philosophy and all of that. And there were a handful of massage therapists, you know, um, in their 50s, 60s even, who loved their jobs, created their own schedules, and were doing this beautiful work. And I thought, maybe I could do that, you know. <laughs> um, so I was in massage first, and, and I did that for about five years before I found Rolfing, which just happens to be a much better fit for me. And I, I really, I, I, I mean, um, the results I get to create with that work are so beautiful. The, the um, results are amazing. I mean, you can take before and after pictures yeah. of the changes in person's body. So for the uninformed, someone who mm -hmm. doesn't, maybe doesn't know about Rolfing, I, it's weird. I learned about Rolfing when I was an undergrad in theater school. Oh, how interesting. Right? <laughs> Right, our theater movement uh, teacher was talking to us about body alignment and just like creating different characters with your body and she yeah. talked about the role of Rolfing. So yeah, tell us a bit about what that is. Yeah, well, so if anyone hasn't picked up on it yet, it's a form of body work. So it is somebody on a table and the body worker has their hands on you. Um, essentially, we are reorganizing the connective tissue of the body. We're reorganizing the structure of the body so that it's aligned and supported in gravity. Because 
gravity is something we are in relationship with a hundred percent of the time. You can almost think of it, you can almost think of it like um, the earth is literally another part of our body because there's never a point at which it's not in relationship to the earth, even if you're on an airplane, unless you go to space, we'll, we'll leave the astronauts out of this. Um, but so your relationship with the earth, you could call gravity. And if you are not supported by that, it will end up um, dragging you down. And that has um, multiplying consequences over the course of decades. Wow. Um, so, so to make this tangible for people, this, this really helps. Um, so we all are familiar with forward head posture, you know, all that computer work, all that texting, our head tends to creep oh, wow. forward. Um, and every inch in front of our body that our head, get, head becomes um, is an extra 10 pounds that our neck is carrying. So you can think of it as like if somebody is carrying a heavy box, they carry it close into their body, right? You don't carry it out here because you're not supported by the rest of your body through gravity, right? You don't want all your, that weight in your arms. Same thing with your head. And that's just one example, right? So anywhere you can be um, unsupported in gravity and end up putting a lot of unnecessary strain in different parts of the body. Sure. So this is the very kind of um, physical dry part of it there's there's you know there's a lot that we could talk about in terms of the relation to soul and spirit too with rolfing but yeah um dr rolf uh uh he, she was kind of criticized that she didn't care about solar spirit and her wonderful quote about this was they say i don't care about solar spirit that's just not true it's just the body is all i can get my hands on i love that. And so there's, there's kind of an understanding um, amongst Rolfers uh, that we can play both sides. We can really just, if, if you have an athlete come in and they're not interested in personal transformation as we understand it, perhaps, or it's just not their motivation, um, you can work on a purely physical level and maybe those transformations will come and maybe they won't, um, whatever they're ready for. But our role is just to tend to the body and see what emerges. And right. often there's a lot that emerges, you know, so. Oh my God, we hold on to so much in our bodies. Yeah. I mean, so I love that you've taken kind of the, the outside in approach, you know, first it's astrology and it's like, what are the influences out here? And what are the influences in our body? Yeah. Align those, alignment of the stars, alignment of the body. So that's yeah. really powerful work. And it can be very painful and very, very intense. As well. well, that reputation, I think, is a little exaggerated um, yeah. because the earlier Rolfers, I think, were slightly more intense. Um, and we came to understand a, as a profession at a certain point that um, that intensity wasn't actually getting us more results. In fact, if the body registers it as trauma, then you can actually have some backpedaling. Absolutely right. So, so I never am working at a level that's beyond somebody's... Um, Comfort uh, level. Well, comfort level. I, people are often at the edge, but it's by their own. Um, they are, you know, on board with it, right? It's by consent, you could say. Yeah. So I tell people, you know, I'm happy working on a scale of intensity between one and ten at an eight or a nine, but you can say I'm off at a six, right? You can say that's too much. And I can work at any level. And people, it's so variable. Some people can take a whole lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. um, some people need a much more subtle touch. I'm just always trying to find um, where's the greatest impact 
um, and that's different for everyone, it's not that more is better. It's absolutely not. If the body wants to keep you out, it will keep you out. Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. So what I was really hoping to talk to you about and wanting to bring in was your constellation work, family yeah. constellations. Oh my gosh. I read through yeah. um, the material on your website, your workshop material, and it resonated with me so deeply. Yeah. So it's powerful. All right. So tell us a bit about the constellation stuff. Okay. So my line on this is that it's kind of like the matrix. There's this wonderful line in the matrix where Morpheus says, no one can be told what the matrix is. You have to experience it for yourself. And sadly, constellations is a little bit like that. So it's a very experiential process. And I can describe that and I'll also describe the underlying philosophy. But essentially, it is taking seriously what I think is the reality, what I deeply believe is the reality, that we are within, embedded in a family soul. And we are, we are tied by bounds of love. And that is true even if we were born into the most dysfunctional, abusive, you know, um, destructive family. That's still true if you can find uh, if you can dig deep enough to find those those bonds of love. And when it is like, I mean, everyone, everyone has something in their lineage or in their immediate family that is profoundly painful because we haven't been doing this work for generations upon generations upon generations. Um, and so when you do have disconnection, you do have abuse, um, the bond becomes can become destructive in the sense that it's almost like we have to stay connected. And so we stay connected by becoming an alcoholic, just like grandpa, or by not finding the love of our love, or the love of our life, just like our aunt Jane, right? I mean, there's all these ways that are completely unconscious, completely, you know, I think one of the greatest sources of pain is, um, when our conscious will is at odds with our with our soul right so the soul is going to be loyal to the family system and believe me when i found this out when i found this out i was not happy about that right <laughs> we would i mean wait a minute you don't understand yeah. my family <laughs> yeah right i'm like no can we just cut that cord and you know and even in the in the health and wellness and spiritual um spaces that that we have um today in the states um there is uh uh and and even in psychology to some extent there is a i don't want to say a bias but it, there is sort of this idea that we can just grow beyond them just just have them no longer impacting us and it's not that that's entirely untrue. It's, it's that the way to have that happen is actually to connect in a good way, right? So if just to use a super simplified example, if you are connecting to grandpa by mirroring his alcoholism, because maybe dad hated him. And so he was like, ah, oh, he's no good. And you never met him. And he, you know, he's, he's a bad guy in the family and you're an alcoholic and you're actually mirroring him the way for you to resolve that is actually to um, connect with your love for him. Connect with your love for your dad, connect, witness your dad's love for him. And this is, 
this sounds like it's impossible. And, um, and it, it's not always possible to be totally honest. And, and if you can't get dad to connect with grandpa, um, there's, there are workarounds, but the process itself allows things to move elsewhere in the family soul. Um, so that even if dad is not there, if his soul is ready and available, he can make that connection to grandpa. Oh yeah. And, and it is, it is profoundly moving. Um, and it can really shake things up. It can really, you know, I, I tend to say at the beginnings of my workshops, you know, um, I'm available for support. If you have a therapist, please lean on them for support. We want people to uh, feel held because it can really shake things up. Sometimes after a constellation, you feel amazing. Um, sometimes you, you feel just stunned. Um, sometimes you're in grief, but it, can, it, it, um, it changes things at a very deep level. Okay, so can you talk a bit about the work when you say when you're in a constellation or after yeah. a constellation? Just because yeah. I didn't even I couldn't even wrap my head around it after looking at your materials. Great, great. Yeah, no, my my materials I, I don't even try to describe <laughs> it. I don't know if you looked at anything else, but yeah, I'm happy to. So um, I'll give you the traditional method, and then I'll give you the lineage that I came into. Um, so. So traditionally, you have the, the facilitator, you have the client, and you have a group of people, uh, a, a group of willing participants. Oh, so generally, it's... people, Not even the people in the family, then? Not even the people in the family. Yeah. Just a bunch of randos. Okay. It can be a bunch of randos. It can be a group of people who have come together intentionally. It can be students of Constellation work. It absolutely can be a group of, of randos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a grand family, Kurt Vonnegut would call it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people do work one-on-one, -on -one, but mostly it's done in group and I only work in groups. So you have the group and uh, the client is working on an issue. That issue may have absolutely nothing to do on the superficial level with their family, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, so whatever it may be, finances, health, alcoholism, like I said, um, relationship patterns, whatever it may be, they, they work on uh, ideally the pain point that has been intractable that they most will want to change yes. and that they haven't been able to move anything with. Um, and again, this is the traditional method. Then they will pick people from the room and say, will you represent my dad? Will you represent me? Will you represent my mom? Will you be grandpa? And we will have decided who to include in the constellation. So in that constellation, it would be, client, parents, and grandpa. Um, I don't know why I'm picking on grandpa today. Um, <laughs> um, so, so then uh, the client will lead them into the room and position them spatially. And the rest of the group, you know, might be a much bigger group, is just really holding space and bearing witness. And it's, it's, a, very, it's a very heightened space, you know? Um, and then the client sits down. And that is, that is one of the most interesting things about this work is as the client, you just sit there and you watch. You just watch what unfolds. Yeah. So um, then the facilitator will lead a process. And what is remarkable is that the people representing dad, grandpa, mom, the, and the client have these really undeniable experiences, um, feelings in their body and emotions that, that the client will confirm are just like their family system.
Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational. Heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. Wow. Now, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Questions. Yeah. <laughs> Does the client share with this assortment of people what the dynamic is? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. It's not necessary. It is definitely not necessary. Interesting. Okay. And so, so right. Okay. So, so again, the traditional method, um, usually the facilitator and the client will have a very brief conversation uh, right before the constellation in front of the whole group. And they may have had another longer conversation earlier before the constellation itself. Okay. Um, but yeah, and they'll ask, what are you working on? And they want to, more than anything else, they want to feel the clarity of the client. They want to feel that the client has some oomph and some presence and is ready to work. Um, and then they'll discuss a little bit of the dynamics, often cutting things a little bit short because um, different facilitators have different perspectives on this, but it's really, it's really different than psychology. It's so related. It's so absolutely entwined, um, but it's very useful to get away from the story to some extent and stick with just the facts and see if you can get a different perspective. Um, so, so let me, let me share with you again, the version that I, um, that I uh, found and studied and now do myself, um, they are both equally amazing. Uh, but so here's my version. So nobody knows who they're representing, including the facilitator. So there are these, yeah, there are these colored mats about, about that big um, and client facilitator and the group and the client will pull a blue mat for themselves, a red mat for dad, a purple mat for grandpa, a whatever for mom, uh, place the mats in the room. And that's when the magic starts. So all of a sudden people in the room will be like, I need to get on that red mat. This just, there's a sudden like draw. Um, so people will come and, and stand on the mats, not knowing anything. Right. Not knowing absolutely anything. Wow. So the client's not even choosing them. You stand on the blue mat. You stand on the purple mat. No, I mean, you can do it that way. But um, generally, generally, I'll just let whoever's drawn go there. And that's for a variety of reasons. Um, the people who end up representing often have very, very strong story parallels in their own family system. And so the representatives are getting a lot out of the work as well. Um, but that is kind of heightened when, when the representative got to experience their own draw. 
right? Got to say, oh man, I, I, for some bizarre reason, I wanted to get on that mat, you know, and they start to take that connection a little more seriously. Um, it's, it's very, very magical. It really is. Uh, and now, you trained to do this. So, <laughs> so, so the gentleman I was telling you about, um, he's named Chris Largent. He, he was my, my teacher for many years, first astrologer, all that. Um, he started dating about uh, four years into me studying with um, a woman named Andrea Bosbach, um, who is German, born and raised. And, and this work was really developed in Germany. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so her, her mentor, her mentor uh, developed the, the mat work the totally blind mat work. And there, I mean, there are other people who also work blind and there's different methods for it. Some people will write the role on a piece of paper and slip it in people's pockets. They won't look at it, stuff like that. Um, a lot of times people work blind, but the facilitator will know who's who. But yeah, Andrea um, uh, just works totally blind and, uh, and uses the mats. And so for about three years, I just went to everything and she did a two year training. Um, and I had the advantage because, you know, Chris had kind of taken me under his wing. I, I, you know, go out to dinner with them and lunch with them and I get to hear some behind the scenes stuff. And, um, yeah, I just got to really soak in it for a few years. Um, and I actually had a bit of a falling out with them very sadly. And that's a long story. Um, and so then I didn't constellate for a very long time. And it's just been in the past couple of years that I've stepped back into it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So is there a program or anything that you go through? There, there are programs, uh, there are programs to do constellation work all over the U S um, in terms of the blind work. I, I think Andrea might be it. And, um, and I don't know what she's, I don't know that she's running programs to you know like certify people to work I think it might more be like um you know you do a training and and then you do more apprenticing kind of a kind yeah. of a thing but it's it's uh it's not dissimilar from astrology in that at a certain point you know you can do it you can do a year-long training that's once a month with somebody right and and get a piece of paper that tells you you know what you're doing um or you can just study and study and study and study and at a certain point you know baptize yourself right <laughs> just give yourself permission i mean for me for me it was um uh when i stepped back in i started experimenting with friends and when i saw the power of the constellations it was almost like i don't have an excuse not to be doing it yes you know it, this is so powerful. I mean, as we were as we were discussing earlier, there's just so many different ways to get to this. I mean, you can get to it through years of psychology and therapy and things like that. Um, and the mediumship work that I do, I can pull in, you know, ancestors, um, people who are living or deceased, uh, hypnosis. We can trade places with people. I mean, there's many different ways to get there. Yeah. But this seems such a vis visible and visceral type of thing too. I I can see it being very powerful. It's it really it really is. It's um you know, human beings are such sensitive systems. So you know, there's a lot of 
I mean, you can imagine this, right? You have a group of people, not only do the people in the constellation not know who they are, the group of people outside doesn't know who anyone is. And this process can take an hour to an hour and a half and everyone, and everyone's engaged because yeah. you, you can feel how real things are and you can the you know, emotions are very compelling, especially when they're, you know, it's not sentimental. It's, it's really real primary feelings that maybe haven't been processed. Um, so it, it is, it's, it's very, very powerful. And, and it, um, you know, one of the things I'll say is the very least you'll get out of a constellation is information, right? Sure. So, so that's almost like a reading. You get to see the dynamics and the most you will get out of it is your life will change. Um, and that is because you're not just working on yourself. You're, you, it's an opportunity for the rest of the family soul to step up that they might not have any other way. It's, I mean, I, my, my dad, for instance, um, had no idea that I was doing any of this work. And I have pretty good reason to believe that it had a big impact on him because his soul stepped up. Yeah. Right. He has no idea and it doesn't matter that he has no idea. But he's having kind of a second life. He lost 150 pounds. He started dating. He, you know, like, he's a different guy. And again, maybe that would have happened if I wasn't doing the work that I was doing. I have strong reason to think it was very related. And I'm yeah. not taking credit. Like he stepped up. We're all related on the quantum level. I mean, uh -huh. everything is connected. Yeah. So I have no doubt that we are tapping into these other people's consciousness yeah. and really affecting change and having a conversation on the quantum level. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And, and sorry, go ahead. I've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you should talk a lot because we're interviewing, I'm interviewing you. But I yeah. do have a question that reminded me of the, the conversational aspect of it. So when the people are standing on the mat, mm -hmm. So are they having a conversation with the, the client or the, the focus person? Um, so there is always, always a representative for the client, which again, I mean, you can imagine the surrender. The client is really just sitting back in their chair watching this unfold. So oh, there's wow. always, there are, there are practitioners who work and they'll actually put the client themselves in the constellation. Um, that's not how I work. So, uh, so yeah, the conversation will not happen with the client themselves, but it will absolutely happen with the representative for the client. And it's also, it's a very, like, it's, I would say 90% of what people say is kind of beside the point. There's like key sentences that actually move the needle, you know, like, I missed you so much or, um, I'm so angry. I could just kill you. You know, there are truths that, I mean, that's a horrible one, but there are truths that come through that need to be said that move things. Right. Or, um, or I just, I love you, you know, um, or I see, I see how you in, I, I, well, I see how hard it is. Again, that's a little bit more like, um, psychology. Right. There's, there's a beautiful movement, um, that I use a lot and it's a bow. And it's a, it's a bow without your hands in front of your heart. So it's an open-hearted bow. And that moves an enormous amount. So you can, you can say, I see how hard it is and so much more with just a bow. Yeah. 
Um, wow. And so the, these key phrases that you give to move the needle. Yeah. Is this you, you've decided what there's going to, that's going to be by talking with the client before? Well, no, 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 definitely not. No. So um, in the moment, people will spontaneously say them or you can see it on their faces and they'll be talking around it. Like they'll be, they'll be, um, they'll be saying things that, that are, you know, when you, when you went over here and connected with this person, I was upset because I missed you. They'll, they'll start talking and they're not dropped in. And I'll say, try this. You see if this feels right. Just look at them and say, I love you. Just look at them and say, you are so important to me and I missed you so much. Or like, you know, a really power, a powerful one for um, parents who have had difficulty and are maybe separated is to look at the child and say, I see your dad in you and I honor your dad in you. And that will stop the squabbling so quickly, <laughs> you know, that will get, cause and we all, we all have these conversations. We've had a billion times with our mom or with our partner or with our dad. Right. And if you can find like the thing that will help move the needle. So if you've been critical of your child's dad endlessly, and maybe he's deserved it, you are teaching your child to, re- to reject half of themselves. Yeah. And they feel that. And sometimes they'll say after that movement, they'll say, oh, I feel so much better about myself. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And the parents will be nicer to each other too. You know? <laughs> and remember the love that, that usually brought the child into the world. Wow. Yeah. So what type of things do people say about this work? I mean, do you have any success stories or things that just stick out to you? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, you know, of course, I'm going to lead with the more dramatic ones. Um, I have a client who uh, stopped drinking. She hasn't had a drink in a year and a half, uh, if not more. She wow. attributes it to her constellation. Uh-huh. Um, I did a, a constellation for a friend who uh, was having a lot of struggle in her relationship life. And without going, again, this is, you know, you kind of have to know constellation lore and lingo for this to fully make sense. Um, but there was a pattern that was repeating in her relationship life. And we did a constellation around it and we found a root in, in her father that didn't make sense to her, but made sense to me. And I was able to tell her immediately afterwards, because she's a friend, you know, I don't always get to do this with a client. Um, that pattern's over. Like, congratulations, that pattern's over. And she's like, yeah, we'll see. You know, <laughs> It's really easy to have the experience and to not, to not see the connection or see why it would have that impact. And I, this is worth mentioning. Um, Hellinger says, Hellinger founded the work, um, the soul moves slowly. So it can take a year for this to move its, its way through. So I was like, just, just watch. That was a, at the end of a constellation, you know, sometimes they're really clean and they're done. And sometimes it's not. And, you know, it's, it's uh, I'm trusting the intelligence of the family soul and I'm not forcing things. Um, so anyway, so I can now report that she has not had a repeat of that pattern in her relationship life. She just hasn't. And it has been two years. Wow. Um, um, 
Here's, here's a fun one. So somebody who was dealing with some pretty serious chronic illness. Um, and, and I said to her before we worked, you know, this is something where there's, there's usually multiple causes for something like this, right? It could be, I, I believe there's, you can almost find an ancestral relationship to anything you're working with, but there might also be just very hard physiological factors. There may be, you know, whatever else, right? Um, so I, I kind of had a disclaimer, but happy to work with her. We did, again, it was one of those pieces of work where afterwards I said, you know, I, I actually haven't had um, a constellation with um, somebody working on a physical illness that got better. So I don't know, but that constellation is solid. And you can expect change. I, I, you know, so that was like, you, this, we did good work and you can expect change. Um, be optimistic. Um, so three months later, she uh, figured out that she was taking a medication that was really screwing her up. And so there's, you know, it's like, who, who's to say which piece of the puddle, pu which piece of the puzzle comes first, right? Um, all I can say is that after years of being debilitated by chronic illness, a few months after the constellation, and after a constellation where I said, hey, that was a big shift, um, she was feeling better. And she's doing really well. <laughs> you know? So, um, so those those are some of my greatest hits. Um, it, it's very very common. <laughs> it's very common um, for people who even aren't working on family relationships right. to to find improvements in their relationships with with their um, immediate family um, and and you know, deceased family too. And in case it wasn't clear, you kind of mentioned it in the work that you do. Um, the ancestors who are no longer here with us are very much still alive in us and they are with us on another level. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That is fascinating. And so um, in your materials, it looked like the, these constellations were like a very lengthy, maybe all day type of process. Am I seeing that correctly? Yep. yep. Yeah. So, so generally I'll do a workshop and uh, I'll do three or four constellations. Um, I think so. And you can imagine, see, if you have 10 participants mm -hmm. and only three or four of them get to work, you know, it's uh, you want to get to work with as many people as possible. Um, and yeah. And there's different price points, which, you know, makes it easier it's just a very strange thing, right? To go to a work all day workshop as a representative. People aren't used to this kind of showing up for community healing of sorts. And uh, there is so much to be gained from that, but, um, but yeah, so we'll do three or four constellations generally. But even somebody who's a participant, who's just a, you know, one of the people on the mats or, mm -hmm. or just even, somebody who's just watching and they're not on the mass. They're not, they're just in the, they're just in the experience. It sounds like they get a lot of healing work too. They get a lot of ahas. And uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And, and that is actually, uh, it's something I'm working on more because kind of not dissimilar to what I was saying about uh, clients who finish a constellation and it might've been amazing and really juicy and impactful, but they might really not, get or see that it connects to their actual life. Um, 
representatives can have the same experience. It's really a different way of looking at things and looking at the world and you kind of have to spend some time with it to get what the connections are. So I frequently will go to a workshop and just represent and, and, and I know I'm kind of like, I can see which pieces of my family system are up by what I step into representation for. Um, it's really clear. Um, but if you don't know your family stories, if you don't know uh, how things tend to play out, it's, it's, a, it's a weird world. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in process here a little bit. I think my next workshop, I'm going to do fewer constellations and do more unpacking for people just for this reason. Yeah, the unpacking is very important. Um, after a hypnosis session, it's, I feel like it's always beneficial to just sit down and debrief and just yep. put the pieces into place. I, I that that sounds like a very good thing. Yeah. Well, um, we've just got a couple minutes left. Is there anything that you feel like is important to mention that we've not touched on? Oh, goodness. I'm sure so many things, but I really appreciate you giving me the space to have this conversation. And I feel like we got we got into um, some of the heart of it. I, I'm trying to think what questions people might have who are completely new and maybe not as used to this as you are, you know, I mean, used to these kinds of <laughs> quantum phenomenon. Yeah. Um, but they can get in touch with you on your website. So sky and absolutely skyandground.com. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, and you know, I know you're, you're in Kansas city. Is that right? Kansas city, right. In I'm your... sure there's practitioners out there. It's very much an in-person thing. Um, I'm available for astrology long distance for sure. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Wonderful. Well, we'll put your link in the show notes, your website in the show notes. And, okay. um, you know, if somebody wants to find out more information, I, I found a lot of information on your website. I thought it was very, very good. And okay, so, Jackie, well. thank you so much for sitting to talk with me. Um, this has been really interesting, and I, I just, uh, I'm blown away by this. So I'm going to definitely be doing some more reading. And I would Great. anybody interested in this type of stuff to do some more reading. Thank you. Yeah, and if you, if you, uh, if you check out some practitioners in Kansas City, uh, give me a shout and let me know what your experience was like. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate that. Well, Jackie Ames, thank you so much. Thank and, you. I uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> Take care. You too. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.